Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way to the Gospel of Mark. Today is episode 989, and we're looking at Mark chapter 13, verses 24 through 31. Let's read our passage. But in those days, after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not shed its light. The stars will be falling from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. He will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. Learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its branch becomes tender and sprouts leaves, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see these things happening, recognize that he is near at the door. Truly I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. This is the Gospel of Mark. Mark's giving us this Gospel, this account of the ministry of Jesus. It began with this Galilean ministry, Jesus traveling through Galilee, teaching and healing. Then a brief Gentile ministry, then the journey to Jerusalem. Now, they're at Jerusalem, the final week of Jesus' life. It began on Sunday with the triumphal entry. Then on Monday, he had the, the cleansing of the temple, the chasing out people, buying and selling. And then Tuesday, he has had several challenges at the temple. And then as they were leaving the temple, they had a comment about how impressive the buildings were. Jesus said that they would all be destroyed. And the disciples asked, when will these things happen, and what will be the signs of these things happening? And that begins the Olivet Discourse, where Jesus is now on the Mount of Olives overlooking the city, giving these teachings about the destruction of the temple and the end times. And the themes we see are basically, watch out, don't be deceived, there will be tough times. So now we pick it up, Mark 13 starting in verse 24. But in those days, after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not shed its light, the stars will be falling from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. This begins with but. That gives kind of a change in thought, in contrast to the things he'd been talking about, which specifically were the destruction of the temple. And then it says, but in those days after that tribulation, that, that sounds specific, those days. Okay, that means some particular days, that tribulation, some particular. Not really. That's Old Testament language. And we see in several of the prophecies, Jeremiah 3, Joel 3, Zechariah 8. This is the language of in times, in those days, in that day. And so it's not so much chronological, but more of associated with a particular event, the judgment of God. So he is shifting now from talking about the destruction of the temple to the end times. And then we have this cosmological phenomena going on. The sun darkened, the moon not shedding its light, stars falling, powers in the heavens shaking. This all sounds very end times-ish, and it is. This is more Old Testament language. This is some of the very, very similar to language used in Isaiah 13.10, Isaiah 34.4, Ezekiel 32.7 and 8, Amos 8.9. 9. 
these celestial phenomena associated with God's judgment. Now there's a question. Are we talking about actual physical events? The sun really will be darkened. The moon really will not shed its light. The stars really will be following. Or is he basically just talking about earthly events of cosmic importance, where this is figurative language about celestial phenomena, where it's not really celestial phenomena, but it's earthly events of cosmic importance. That's where, bottom line, really don't know. You don't know whether this is figurative language. You know, we, we use words like that. That just really shook the earth. Did it? No. We're using big language to make the point. This was something that had big effects. So is this figurative language or actual physical phenomena being described? And, and the bottom line is we really don't know. It could go either way on that. But it is the Old Testament language of God's judgment time. Verse 26, Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. So then, after the distresses of the present age, then you're going to see this. Now, this is the language, almost identical language, to Daniel 7.13. And that's where Jesus has been calling himself the Son of Man. And where we see Son of Man is in Daniel. But this is used in the language of Daniel, where he's specifically linking now the Son of Man of Daniel to himself. In his idea, he's coming in clouds with great power and glory. Whereas in his first coming, things are under wraps, things are veiled, things aren't necessarily plain to see. But his second coming will be revealed, will be very plain to see. Verse 27, he will send out angels and gather his elect from the four winds from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. Now, there's no mention here of punishment, rewards, resurrection, rain. So, all that's not mentioned, just this gathering, gathering of his people. And that's the point he's making here. His second coming, he's gathering the people of God. And this is more Old Testament language. All this has just got a lot of Old Testament language. Language of Deuteronomy 30, verse 4, Zechariah 2, verse 10, Psalm 147, verse 2, Isaiah 11, 12, Isaiah 43, 6, and there's several more. And in all those Old Testament events, this gathering of the people of God, it's always action being taken by God himself. But here we see Jesus at his return as the Son of Man, sending out the angel to gather the people of God. So this section 24 through 27 verses is very specifically dealing with end times. This is not dealing with the destruction of the temple. But then in verse 28, it seems to be shifting back to destruction of the temple. That's where sometimes it's hard to follow this exactly. We've just got to be careful here in our interpretation. Verse 28, learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its branch becomes tender and sprouts leaves, you know that summer is near. Well, his point here is the fig tree is not an evergreen. It loses its 
leaves in the winter and then in spring it starts to grow leaves again and that's the indication that summer is coming and what's significant about summer that's when the fig tree bears fruit so just as you can look at a fig tree and know things are about to happen his point is you can look at what's going on in the world and know some things are going to happen verse 29 in the same way when you see these things happening recognize that he is near at the door now do we make a big deal out of these things because these things was specifically part of the question from verse 4 when do these things happen so is these things really what he's talking about in verses 5 through 23 associated with the destruction of the temple all those things then that means it's about to happen and all that's going to happen sometime before the return of Jesus. Verse 30, truly I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things take place. That's where we think he's really talking about the destruction of the temple in 70 AD. And that's where the generation he's speaking to was still around for the destruction of the temple. But that generation is long since gone and we have not had the end of time yet. But again, in their mind, they were probably one and the same. The destruction of the temple, the end of the world, final end time judgment, that, that would have to be the same event. And I think that's why Jesus is mixing the two answers. They can't comprehend two separate events. Verse 31, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So he's saying you can trust what I say here. Now, the destruction of the temple did occur in the culmination of a really mess for the Jewish people. The Jewish people started a revolt in 66 AD, and it lasted for four years. And at times, they've had some pretty significant victories over the Roman army. But finally, the Roman army prevailed in 70, and 70 AD, they destroyed much of Jerusalem and destroyed the temple. But leading up to that, there was some pretty nasty war going on. And at times, really nasty war within Jerusalem itself between different groups of Jewish people. The Zealots, a political group, pretty much occupied the temple during that whole four-year time. And at many times, almost had complete control of Jerusalem, where the Pharisees and Sadducees had set up a provincial Judean government when the Romans were initially pushed out of the Jerusalem area. But as far as Jerusalem itself, and particularly the temple, the zealots were in control. And at time, there was a pretty nasty fight between the Judean provincial government and the zealots, and like 6,000 people were killed in that fighting over the temple itself. And the zealots hung on to it. They continued to control the temple. So all those signs should be seen as leading up to the destruction of the temple. Now, when Jesus is speaking these things, it's still 35 years down the road, but when the time actually arrives, the thinking people should see that we're leading up to something big here. 
and most of the Christians actually did leave Jerusalem and go to neighboring Perea. So this is all part of the description of the destruction of the temple and the end times. So the second part here, the lesson from the fig tree, when you see these things happening, that's the answer to the question, when are these things going to happen? Well, when you start seeing that stuff going on, that he's both talking about in verses 5 through 23, that's the indication it's moving toward the destruction of the temple. As for the end times, well, that's going to come sometime after all of that. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the Gospel of Mark.